cloud town Singing to that highway song Got a little night smile The kind of drives you out Nothing like playing with fire Brings forward a life You wear the fuse you like You're good, you're dynamite You made my day When you walked into town Beside me whispering with your eyes Let's go You made me say following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Fourteen twenty in the morning, 14 minutes and 20 seconds where the sports talk to get you through your daily commute. Hot takes, recaps, best bets, and a little humor to get your day going in the right direction. Sit back, grab your coffee, and let's get into it. All right, 1420 in the morning for this 28th day of uh, November 2023. Today's show, as always, is brought to you by SeatGeek.com and the SeatGeek app. Use promo code 1420POD at SeatGeek.com today and save yourself 20 bucks on your first purchase over there at SeatGeek. Remember, we are part of the Belly Up Media Network. Go to BellyUpSports.com for all their great articles and uh, podcasts over there, such as the Sports Stove Podcast, Brutally Honest Sports, High Low Podcast, and our uh, Canadian friends, I forget about for some reason. I listen to their show all the time, but the Bleacher Connection podcast, I uh, talk a lot of hockey, uh, CFL football. I talk Canucks and Flames, everything else that goes on here in Western Canada. So make sure you check out the Bleacher Connection. Also, make sure you check out uh, Belly Up and Friends. All the uh, podcasts, they go get get together. It's over there on Spotify. I'm sure it's on Apple too, but I know Spotify is the is where they uh, they really push that one. So go to Spotify, Belly Up and Friends, and let it play all day long, and all the podcasts are right there. And thank you, everybody, who checks out the 1420 sports bar podcast for everything 1420 related uh right over there did a new article we'll get into that later on today uh, later on this morning here at 1420 in the morning anyways uh as uh, predicted here a while ago and i didn't take a nostradamus to figure this one uh, out dean evison of the minnesota wild was relieved of his duties yesterday. Uh, was told, you know what, this isn't working out. Losers of seven in a row, uh, four, losers of 14-19 this season. Nothing's aren't going well for, didn't, weren't going well for Dean Evison and the uh, Minnesota Wild. The Minnesota Wild are in a heap of trouble. We'll get to that in half a second. But the Everson took that job over uh, just before COVID really uh, dug its heels in back in 2020, February 15th, I think it was, of 2020. Remember those days just before everything, we were laughing about how it was all going to turn out and then all hell broke loose. But we won't uh, we won't dwell on that anymore. But Everson uh, didn't. He took a head coaching job, hockey lifer. He's been around the game for a long time. Goes back to 1980, playing with the uh, the Spokane, uh, geez, who, who the heck was it? Spokane Flyers, I think it was, back before he played for the, the Kamloops Junior Oilers, and they moved on to National Hockey League for a, a good career, 800 and some games in, in his uh, in his NHL career. Coached in junior hockey after that, and then moved on to uh, be an assistant coach, and then a, a, a head coach with uh, Milwaukee Admirals, and then they, they finally took a job, uh, the head coaching job after being an assistant with the Minnesota Wild, he jumped into that job after Brucey Brudrow, like I said, was relieved of his duties, and now uh, now Everson's on the outside looking in. And you wonder if you, you you look back on that, and you might say, yeah, you want to uh, always try to to, to get the the, uh, the 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 uh, the apex of your career and the highest possible level you can get to. But looking at that uh, that that franchise and what they've done and what they had going on and the foreseeable future of, of what was going to happen, you you had to think, geez, maybe this wasn't the best op- 
opportunity opportunity at the time, and uh, especially being an assistant coach, he must have thought thought, okay, if this team isn't doing very good with a uh, with an established head coach, what am I like in, in Boudreaux? What are they going to do with a rookie he- a rookie head coach? How is this team going to, to do? Did Everson have some ideas that just didn't work? Did Bill Guerin, the GM, have some ideas that just didn't work on how to how to re uh, rejig the team, how to redo the team, everything else? Who knows what it's going to be? But that that team was in a heap of trouble. Uh, you remember they have those, those contracts uh, with Zach Parise and Ryan Suter, who they're still in the books for for another couple of years at seven million bucks per uh, for, for the next two years, and it, it, it dwindles down after that. But those deals are, are hindering that team big time because you have fourteen million bucks on a on a ninety million dollar uh, salary cap. That's a lot of money. Uh, a lot of teams don't pay that uh, for guys who play, let alone for guys who aren't playing. So you have uh, two of your highest payrolls are guys who aren't on the team anymore, and they're stuck with those for another year. So that's a uh, right off the bat, you uh, you're in big trouble to try to have a a, a team that's going to be doing anything, a team that can contend, a team that can try to be relevant. And now get to the relevant part of the uh, the Minnesota Wild. They're they're no longer a uh, and people are going to say, well, no, no kidding, Brent. Uh, they're, they're no longer a. Uh, an expansion franchise. I know I think that sometimes when you think about these teams that are are, are new-ish, like 20 years old, to me is new-ish, like the, uh, the, the Montreal Canadiens and the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Winnipeg Jets, not the Winnipeg Jets so much, obviously, but the, 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 the first incarnation, but the Oilers and like tough, the teams were around when I first started watching hockey back in 1979, when those teams were around, like the, the 21 teams that were, that, that those were the, uh, the, 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 the original teams to me, not the original six, obviously, but the, the Minnesota Wild are included in that team. When I, I think about how new they they aren't, well, they 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 aren't. They aren't anymore. They're not a new team. They're 20 years into this. They've been uh, in the playoffs 10 out of 11 years, but they've only been to a conference final uh, once. That was in 2003, I think it was. Yeah, 2003. They went to the uh, conference finals. That was the year that they lost to the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, the Jaguar led uh, and, and Mike Babcock, uh, Anaheim Ducks, I think it was. But it's, you think about that, that's a long time ago to only have minimal playoff success in 20 years, and uh, doing that, to, doing doing in doing so, and you win 10, you go to the playoffs 10 out of 11 years, you think you're pretty successful. Well, you're not. You're really, really not. And then you have a team that is very, very average at best. And we talk about it uh, ad nauseum, ad nauseum in the National Hockey League. If you if you're average, you're average, and that's all it's going to get you. And just making the playoffs year in year out you get your couple of playoff gates and then that's it and you're done and you're out and you see you later it's another situation where they got another new head coach and you try to do something else and they have a team that's just of, of nobody so they have a bunch of guys that don't that don't do a whole bunch you have um, uh, matt baldy and kirill krep kippersoff uh they have uh, basically they have two they have two guys their highest paid players who have seven goals total this season and that isn't going to quite get it down you're paying that kind of money so now you have uh what's that's 14 23 29 million bucks 30 million bucks on your payroll that uh, only has seven goals or whatever the number i said it was it doesn't matter how many seven divided by four isn't very many and so it's one of those things 1.75 so so over your your four highest paid guys and that isn't going to get it done no matter what the national hockey league when you're when you don't have that going you look at edmonton how they're they're kind of rolling a little bit i still think they're going to fall off the face of the planet but all of a sudden chris knoblock's a, a hell of a head coach because his top two guys are scoring right now and they, they've been opening the floodgates a little bit their last two games minnesota doesn't have that uh, doesn't have that scoring punch up front and they're spending a lot of money so dean Everson. He was basically a dead man walking when he took that job. And it's one of those things now they have a, a lot of guys, even their captain, Jared Spurgeon, uh, he hasn't produced since he's come back. I think he's been back for six games and he hasn't got a goal yet, I, I believe, or, or one. It doesn't much matter. It's not 
very much. So Everson is in a situation where he, he, he kind of took a job that maybe you look back on that and go, maybe I shouldn't have taken that job. And you wonder if that, like how that, that would, if that's ever happened when you, uh, you go to the rink and I'm sure it has, it just gets talked about differently. And now a guy's relieved his duties or a guy takes a, a personal leave of absence or whatever it's going to be. But you, you ever wonder if a, if a coach goes into a general manager's office or the owner's office or whoever it might be, and doesn't matter what sport. And they, they go, you know what, this isn't working. My life sucks. I can't stand who I am. My family can't stand who I am. We're losing. It's not because of me. I know it's not because of me, but I can't take this anymore because it's, 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 it's I'm, we're in a situation where my family life and my personal life is taking a hell of a beating. Yeah. It's a dog eat dog world out there in the world of coaching world professional sports. I get it. And it's tough. And yeah, if it's uh, you got to wear a helmet sometimes and get rid of those situations, but you have a situation there with Dean Everson. You wonder if he was going to be a, and you, you don't stay in the game of hockey for a long time. To, to to give up right and i understand like like, like i said i understand you want to get the apex of, of your of your career and give it a shot but you ever wonder if a guy says you know what this ain't for me like i i, sh- I should never have taken this job we aren't gonna win i'm a dead man walking i know i'm gonna get fired this isn't fun i i hate this i hate every i hate coming to the rink i hate being around the rink and it must be hard for guys who, who are hockey lifers who've been around the rink forever and they've, they've made a career out of it and they say you know what this absolutely this is absolute living hell this isn't what i signed up for i'm can you just let me go can you just fire me can you just let's 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 break this off you know what's going to happen sooner rather than later let's uh let's give the team an opportunity to do something proper let's give the opportunity for this team to win under something else because what i'm doing isn't working and i know you like me i know we're friends i know we, we we've been together for a long time but let's 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 call it good uh, an amicable split per se like it's uh you you you, you know that one at edmonton probably wasn't amicable amicable jay woodcroft knew he was going but he, he has to have a bit of a bit of a bitter pill on on his two players that didn't have anything going and now you have the minnesota wild who made a coaching change and they're going nowhere and i watched uh, the bar down beauty this morning, uh, Jesse Pierce, she was uh, on the Belly Up uh, Hockey Show uh, a year ago there with us, and uh, she's a, a reporter for for the hockey news uh, over the, out there in Minnesota, and she was talking about the uh, she wants uh, to for the uh, Wild to go in a full full on rebuild. Problem you got there in Minnesota is that you you have a uh, ten or eleven guys, and this is every team, it's not just Minnesota. Obviously, you have ten or eleven guys who are on no full no, no move contracts or partial no move contracts and everything else, and it's tar- it's hard to rebuild and get rid of guys. And when half your team is on a rebuild, and then you have two guys who are still sitting there with fourteen million bucks getting paid, so I don't know how you possibly rebuild a hockey team and have those contracts. This is on Bill Guerin, and I've said it before. I've, I've never understood. I've never understood once why uh, no movement clause are given out. I know all the players want them for their own security and everything else, but you know what? You're an employee, and I, if you, uh, we give you this contract. If you play hard, if you, if you score goals, if you do what your contract says, not what your contract says, but if you do what uh, your end of the bargain, you won't get moved. Sometimes for the betterment of the team, because you're just an employee, for the betterment of the team, we might have to move you because you still have a contract. You still have a contract that you will be paid for, whether you're getting paid here or in Edmonton or in South Florida or in uh, or in Los Angeles. You're still going to get paid. And I think uh, getting a contract is a contract to play in the National Hockey League, not just to uh, play in a con- uh, play in the, in the city that you signed in. I know they're made a, you're making a commitment to that team, and that team's making a commitment to you, but it's more so that you've got a contract to play in the National Hockey League, and it's an honor and it's a privilege to have that contract. So you, you, I think that the, uh, the these no-movement tr- uh, clauses, they really got to stop uh give a few more bucks i know it's hard to give a few more bucks on the front end because of salary cap implications everything else but if you uh if you get a contract
contract. You should be happy you got a contract and shouldn't demand a, a no movement clause because uh, you look around your team. If uh, if the guy next to you is having a horse shit year and you're thinking, geez, if we got rid of this guy, uh, man, we could probably make a trade for this guy and get that guy. Maybe we might, might win a round or two and do something with our team. You go, oh, yeah, he's got a no move as well. So he, he ain't going anywhere. Like you, you wonder if that's uh, one of those things. And you try to build something. I understand that. And you try to build a... Uh, you try to build a camaraderie. You try to build build some kind of a a uh, a team in your in your locker room, and you want guys around for a long time. But sometimes guys just don't don't gel well to get uh, gel well. I, I said it right. I thought I heard myself say it. it didn't sound right, but they they, they don't gel. And uh, you, you you think okay, maybe it's it's all wrong. We need to do something here. But rebuilding is tough, and not every team can rebuild. Like every 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 team who's having a rough go, and the Flames actually won a game last night against the because uh, I called for their rebuild a, a couple of weeks. Ago. Now, now they're rolling right down there. They're actually in a wild card spot. They beat Vegas last night, three uh, one. You, you have it. Uh, not every team can rebuild. Not every team can uh, can can go out get that player and this guy and that guy and build the draft. Because not every team can end up in last place and get that that first overall pick or the top five pick and or, or whatever it might be. So for for Minnesota to say, you know, it's it's time to rebuild, time to regroup, time time to reblow to, to blow it up and figure something else out. Um, that's another thing we talked about last week. Blow what up? Like what you haven't done anything to blow up. You don't even have a foundation to, to, to blow up. You have nothing that you've done of any substance. You don't have any history. You don't have any tradition. You have nothing there in the, in, in Minnesota that, that you can be proud of as a franchise. Yeah. You sell out every night and you have the state of hockey and everything else, but in general, you haven't done anything. So what are you blowing up? You can't possibly just say, yeah, you know what? We're done. But what are you, what are you, what are you doing? You're still going to have the same GM and Bill Garrett. Cause he ain't going nowhere. He's, he's, uh, he's in the, the, the owner's, uh, the owner's ear for a long time. And Garrett Garrett's a good hockey guy. He's been around a long time. So he, he knows what's going on, but he's got his owner in his ear. The building sold out every night. And at the end of the day, that's what the owner cares about. If the owner doesn't care about uh, paying, paying out 14 million bucks for, for two guys. He isn't going to care about anything else if, to, to try to make the team any better. He hasn't cared for it for 20 years. So what, what the hell is going to happen there? Like they, they're a mediocre franchise in a, in a, in a good, hockey in a, in, a, in a not a good a great hockey area and a great hockey state and everything else that that should have done better but they've swung and missed a lot in the state of minnesota and with the minnesota wild they haven't done anything they're not going to do anything you can't just blow it up because you got 10 11 guys under contract that are in no movement situations, and like I said, you you just wonder if if Everson took, took that took that uh, took that deal and took that job just to say, you know what, I I, I gave him my all, I, I made the the uh, the apex of my career, and I, I I'm doing it, and I, I have a. Uh, uh, it's 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 on the resume now that I was a head coach in National Hockey League. It's something he could say he always did. He, you know, as a player, you probably weren't, he probably wasn't thinking that. Even in his, when his uh, NHL career started, he probably wasn't thinking that. And then all of a sudden, you fall into it in junior hockey and everything else, and you, you, you you're given a chance, so you take it. And then it, it could have worked out well, but it, it didn't. And I don't think he stood a, a hope in hell of, of uh, getting that uh, that franchise moving forward with those two contracts. I, I remember when those contracts were were signed back in uh, 2013, I think it was, with the uh, Parise. And, and with uh, with uh, Suter and the, uh, you know, what the hell? Like you, you knew who these guys were, but you're thinking 10, 12 million bucks a year for how long? Because like I said, you knew who the names were. You thought, oh, yeah, they're pretty good players. But like for that kind of money and the way it turned out, you you knew it wasn't going to turn out well. And you're like, holy Christ, that was a bit of an over over buy by by those. Like good on the good on the players. They took it. If it, someone offers it, you take it. And no what no harm on that. But um, it, it didn't turn out well. We all knew it wasn't going to turn out well. And they're still paying the price all these years later in, in Minnesota. I hope it turns out well there for Minnesota. You don't want to see that uh, 
you don't want to see a team uh, be mired mediocrity forever, but uh, you just, uh, they're, they're a mediocre franchise in, in, in a, uh, in, in a mediocre market, I don't not, not not mediocre. Obviously, it's a great hockey market, but it's so watered down uh, hockey wise. They yes, they love their 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 wild there. The place is sold out, the XL Energy Center, I believe. But they also have a great hockey uh, tradition there in Minnesota with college hockey and with high school hockey is huge there too. So it's not like they're starving for good hockey around the state of Minnesota. If there's no uh, no good hockey at the XL Energy Center, they can go watch UMD uh, University of Minnesota, who uh, is St. Cloud State, and everything else. They got a lot of hockey there in Minnesota so they won't be uh they won't be uh lacking to go to a hockey game to, that has some relevance uh come uh, the new year because uh this uh this season she's uh she shot down she's going nowhere quick and the Minnesota Wild are another team that are on the outside looking in probably for a number of years now and it's it's, uh, it's hard and it's it must be tough like uh, Flurry's it's Flurry's last year we talk about Flurry a lot it's actually it's his birthday today he's uh, today's birthday boy on uh, 14 20 in the morning uh, it must be hard for a guy like Flurry's on the uh the twilight of his career playing the back nine as we speak and be in a situation where you could ask for a trade but he's not having a great year and go somewhere else and start over and, and who knows maybe a fit in Edmonton who knows why if they, but he's making too much money so it's one of those things that's uh, is he is he the savior would he go to Edmonton uh, I don't know what uh, you, you, you hope that Fleury doesn't get uh, stuck in that situation to end his career and be uh, doing his uh, end of career lap on the last day of the regular season and not even having a chance to do anything in the playoffs. Not that the Minnesota Wild have ever done anything in the playoffs. Uh, one, uh, one playoff or two playoff victories uh, in their, in their long, illustrious, not, not games, but two series in their long illustrious history of 20 some years in the league, but it's uh, another coach gone. And that's just the way it goes. You can't fire, can't fire 25 players. You can always fire one coach and the assistant went to, which is always tough to see. Like what the, what's the, it's not the assistant's fault, but the new guy's going to want to bring in his guys and everything else. And just uh, inserting coach here. And it, I don't think it's going to, solve the problem it solved the problem in edmonton by by appearance that uh, chris knoblock saving the world but the two big boys just got their uh, lips off the off the ice and started scoring some goals and playing some better hockey we'll see how it all turns out anyways there's the uh, 14 20 in the morning rant of the day brought to you by seatgeek.com give santa and his elves a break from the grind this christmas season and ask for tickets from seatgeek seatgeek has tickets for shows concerts and sporting events for around the globe and by using promo code 1420pod will save $20 on tickets. Tickets make for great stocking stuffers and gifts, so get go to SeatGeek.com or the SeatGeek app for all of your ticket needs this holiday season and use promo code 1420pod today for your Christmas ticket. All right, thanks to SeatGeek.com and SeatGeek app for uh, sponsoring the 1420 in the morning and the 1420 podcast. Make sure you guys check out the show me and Dave did last night. We uh, talked some football, and then we really got into the hockey stuff, which uh, was uh, refreshing a little bit sometimes when we can get away from the football talk on Monday. So it was uh, we logged, a fun show last night, and we also had a Who Is Better. It'll be up on YouTube later as well. So make sure you check out all that. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel when you get a chance. If you're just listening to this on the uh, the podcast form, uh, everything gets up there on YouTube. Uh, at some point, get a little bit busy here at 1420 World Headquarters. We're looking to reach out for a couple of guests uh, later on this week. Uh, a friend of the show, Tom O'Connor, who's got a big fight happening up there in Calgary. Uh, we're going to get him on talk about his fight a little bit. We also want to talk about his uh, Pittsburgh Steelers and see how that's going. But So we're going to try to get Tom on the show later on this week and uh, wish him luck for his, his upcoming bouts coming up. And he's moving up the ranks. He might be a, a UFC guy soon. So Tom's a, Tom's a really good guy, ball of energy. So we're going to try to get him on, like I said, early, later on this week let's do on this days and some birthdays here we go on this day in 1983 the los angeles raiders defeated the new york giants 27 12 in front of a whopping 41,000. 
473 people at L.A. Coliseum in Los Angeles, California, to go to 10-3 and three on the season. Uh, Raiders quarterback Jim Pluckett went 19 for 32 for 243 yards and two touchdown passes in the game. His favorite receiver was uh, Malcolm Barnwell, five receptions for 82 yards and a touchdown. Future Hall of Famer Marcus Allen rushed for 64 yards and a touchdown. The Raiders would finish the season. They're second in L.A. after, after uh, relocating from Oakland with a 12-4 and record on the season. First in the AFC West and steamrolled through the playoffs. They beat the Pittsburgh Steelers 38-10, Seattle 30-14, and they blew out the Washington Redskins 38-9 in the Super Bowl 18 in Tampa, Florida, uh, which uh, would be the only Super Bowl championship for the Raiders in L.A. because once again, the Raiders would move back to Oakland 12 years after for the, uh, after, uh, the start of the 1995 season. So on this day, the Raiders kind of got on a bit of a roll and beat the New York Giants uh, 27 to 12. <laughs> it's crazy to think about how many people weren't at the Coliseum those days going to games. I've been to the Coliseum a number of times to watch the Trojans play in 90,000. It's not sometimes 70,000, but whatever it is, but only 43 or 41,000. The place must have just looked well, you saw in the highlights there how bad it really looked. I can't imagine a place like that, that size because they're, they're such massive buildings and to be, uh, to be half full, uh, or half empty, actually, is a better way to put it. I've never really understood that half full, half empty thing, but it doesn't much matter. Uh, let's do a happy birthday. Happy birthday, happy 39th birthday to Marc-Andre Fleury, born on this day in 1984 in Sorel, Quebec. Fleury was drafted first overall by the Pittsburgh Penguins, the 2003 NHL entry draft after three years in the Quebec Major G- Junior Hockey League with the Cape Breton Screaming Eagles. Fleury was the third goaltender ever taken first overall in the draft, joining Michael Aplace, who went to Montreal in 1968, and Rick DiPietro to the Islanders in 2000. Fleury made his NHL debut on October 10, 2003, first the LA Kings, and was uh, impressive with a 46 save performance, including a penalty shot in the 3-0 loss. Fleury is a three-time Stanley Cup champion, including 2009 as the Penguins starter as a backup in 2016 and 17. Also with the Penguins, Fleury won the Vezina Trophy as a member of the Vegas Golden Knights in 2021, and its career totals of 547, 319, and 93, and a goals against average of 2.59, uh, and a save percentage of 912, uh, with stops in Pittsburgh, Vegas, Chicago, and now in Minnesota as we talk. And I think for sure um, there he is, Marc-Andre Fleury, first Stanley Cup championship 2009. I think that, that uh, Marc-Andre Fleury is a first ballot Hall of Famer. No getting around it. One of the good guys in the in professional sports me and Dave touched on that in the mass situation that uh, came up over the over the weekend with uh, the, the native awareness mask and everything else so make sure you guys check out that show later on today it was uh, it was quite good quite a, a fun conversation got in some other stuff too got a little uh, well Mondays we get a little bit deeper not deep but you know as deep as the uh, 14 20 guys can get so it was a, a fun talk and Mark Andre Fleury was uh, the forefront of that and then actually was part of the who is better as well so it was a lot of Mark Andre Fleury talk in the last uh, in the last uh, 15 16 hours but that, that, there it is there's today's show I'll actually we'll get to uh, some final thoughts, and then uh, we'll call it a day, and we'll do it all again tomorrow. The National Hockey League Players Association, National Hockey League uh, uh, Safety Protocols, and their director of player safety and the committee, they're an absolute, an absolute 
joke. The Jacob Truba situation that came up with the slash across uh, the head of uh, Trent Frederick on Saturday afternoon with uh, the Boston Bruins to get a $5,000 fine was an absolute uh, atrocity to what they say is haf- uh, safety. And that does nothing to uh, help any players whatsoever. And then yesterday, out of the other side of their mouth, the, the National Hockey League decided to suspend uh, Ryan Hartman of the uh, Minnesota Wild for a slew foot on Alex Dabrinkit. Now, I'm not uh, I'm not saying that uh, Hartman shouldn't be suspended. I'm not saying that Hartman's uh, Hartman's act was, was 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 worse or better or anything else. I'm just saying that you can't talk out of both sides of your mouth when it comes to safety. You can't pick and choose what to, what's right and what's wrong. Anybody who watched that slash of of, of Truba onto Frederick it would have said, if you've never watched a hockey game in your entire life, you would say, hey, you can't do that. That's completely wrong. It's a, not a hockey play. It's not. It never was a hockey play. It's always been a thing that that has been a, a problem in the game of hockey, and that's why the bar. It's always been called uh, quite barbaric. The hockey is not a barbaric sport. It's quite beautiful when played properly. But what uh, Truba did, and to not receive a suspension whatsoever, is an absolute uh, d- d- disaster, and it's an atrocity to the to the game of hockey. It's might they might sound like uh, pretty big words, but I think it's not 100% true. The NHL players uh, players association they have to start to realize that the the, the uh, they're trying that they they aren't out there. The director of player safety isn't out there to protect one player. It's out there to protect all players. It's not out there to to pad the pockets of of the uh, the rich get richer. So it's out there to protect the players that is that are maybe on the outside looking in in a year old year year old basis. And they have to figure out how they're going to do that because you have a, a group of old boys that no matter what in National Hockey League, whether it's the guys who are at the the top NHLPA who have been retired for a few years and say this is how how we've always done things, this is how things are done, and we're not changing that because you know what it, it's things things change people change no matter what 20 years 30 years ago you had players in national hockey league craig simpson uh, or, or uh, craig mctavish sorry who didn't wear a wear a hockey helmet if you look back now you think how can a person wear a helmet well you go 30 years before that no one wore helmets and so you think that things have, have changed and they, they've, they've changed for the better absolutely but they have not changed enough and it's time for the old boys club and the old boys um realm of th- realm of thinking to maybe take a step back and look at go I, I go you know what we need to improve things throughout the game we need we need to improve uh, the, the safety of players there they have there has been things that have been done in the recent uh, the recent past that haven't that have improved the game of hockey you take a look at the no touch icing situation that was breaking a lot of legs it still is happening but it is a better situation that you have players are bigger they're not bigger. They're faster and stronger and more fit than they have ever been. And there are situations that come around that you just can't stop it, or you, you get in a, into a into a corner where you have to, guys flying down down the ice at a high pace, and you can't do anything about that. I get that, but there are situations where you can fix things and you can make them more safe for everyone on the ice and not protect the big dollar guys because the Truba situation where he got five thousand dollar fine is an absolute atrocity and it's an absolute joke. The guy's got five grand sitting in. The the ashtray of his truck it's not it, it did nothing he makes forty four thousand dollars a day 44 grand a day do you think five thousand dollars even hit anything on on that not a chance the nhl has a situation now in 1989 Clint Malarchuk got his throat slashed in a, in a horrific accident, in a collision at the Odd in Buffalo. And every, anybody who's who's ever uh, of my age or, or different, they 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 remember that. People, it's been it's been played over and over on the on Sports Center and everything else. They kind of get get away from the goriness of it, but it was a gory situation. And without the without the uh, the gate behind, right behind the net, uh, 
uh, Clint Malarchuk would, would have been dead. There's no getting around getting around that. Uh, juggler got cut, and, and it was a horrific situation. Blood everywhere. 300, uh, 300 stitches to uh, fix him up on a six-inch cut. Uh, last month, Adam Johnson uh, used to play in the National Hockey League over in England. He died of a horrific accident. It was an accident that, that uh, you know, was uh, a totally freak accident. But you know what? The end result could have been prevented. Back in 1989, after Clint Malarchuk got his uh, throat throat cut, you couldn't keep a, a net guard on the ice or, or, or on, the, on the shelves of a sporting goods store. They were flying off the off the off the shelves at, at a pace no one's ever seen before. They weren't mandatory in minor hockey, but ever since then they have been. And that's 1989. How many players that are uh, that were born before 1989 or just after 1989 are still playing in the National Hockey League? So there's no reason why a, the NHL shouldn't make a mandatory ruling for guys to wear net guards. You see more players are wearing them. You see more like you you have uh, the uh, Bertuzzi kid out of uh, Toronto. He he wears one full time now. TJ Oshiak has a company uh, that that had that has net guards that you wear that are that are, that are, more, that are a little more staunch, a little more comfortable, and they got things and it's a, the protections there. Yes, the Western Hockey League has a, a new mandate. You have to wear net guards, but the way that these kids are wearing net guards now because they're uncomfortable and they don't like them, they're scrunched up and it's not doing any good to anybody. It's not going to save any lives at all. Yes, the the, the Johnson situation was a freak accident, but you know what? There's accidents do happen, but you can take precautionary measures for, for when what's when accidents do happen that the, the net result or the end result isn't isn't a death and so the, the western hockey league has to figure out a way because these kids are only about two years maybe one year a lot of them from wearing net guards so why they can't tell these kids to say put the net guard on property or you aren't playing and the national hockey league has the same situation that they have there because all these kids wore net guards every player in the nhl right now every single player has worn a net guard in their life, and they had to wear it properly. They weren't allowed to play. Same thing goes with Darnell Nurse. Last week, he got hit in the head with a hockey puck in warm-up, and he goes cut, and his eyes were banged up and, and everything else that's going on. In, in the National Hockey League, I get it. You want to look cool, and you want to be cool, and you want to go for the hair skate. The rookie skate, Connor Bedard, did the same thing in the uh, in, on his debut on on. Uh, back in October and he wasn't wearing a helmet. What happens if, if he does slips and falls like Taylor Hall did a few years and gets a skate across the eye and that's the end of his career. Ask Brian Burrard how his, uh, how his face felt after getting a stick in the eye and almost losing his vision. He came back and played for a little bit, not very long. He pretty much lost his career because of a stick in the face. And the thing is, Eye protection has been a thing in National Hockey League. For, yes, no, you, I think it's grandfathered and you have to wear them. There might be still a player here or there that don't. But the thing is, you know what? All these kids wore, wore uh, full cages in minor hockey. Then they moved on to junior. They had to wear visors. And they, back even when I played, if you didn't wear your visor a certain way, you, you got a penalty or you got or you got uh, 10 minute or you got thrown out of the game. And so I think the National Hockey League has a has – a, um, uh, com- they have to make a, a commitment to getting the rules. Yes, there's rules that, and rules are broken. But they, it, the thing is, that's the thing with life too. There are rules, but you know what? People break rules. There's speed limits, but people break speed limits. And there, there's rules and, and there, people break rules. But the thing is, that's why there's cops. That's why there's fines. That's why that's why you have it because people can't be trusted to follow rules. And that's the thing with these players. The National Hockey League has to find a way to step in and say something to the Players Association. Hey, we're doing this for you guys. We're doing this for you guys. We're doing it for your safety because there's guys getting hurt and there's guys that could get hurt a lot worse. The, they're faster and stronger than they've ever been. And it doesn't matter how what what, what you think you're doing. If you're looking cool, if you think that you're 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 a badass because you're not wearing wearing a neck guard. You know, I, I'm not used to it. You know what you'll never get used to? Being dead. You know what's not cool? 
being dead. And that's a thought for me. And it's one, you don't understand why they don't, don't, don't see that. Like in the construction world, my past life, uh, you, you kind of bucked some rules and, uh, to, and some safety stuff. And you go, well, maybe I shouldn't, because you know what, it's really not hurting much by wearing my hard hat here, or if, if I'm not wearing my boots, or if I don't have a harness on. It's the same thing with National Hockey League. Why the NHL can't just step in and say, listen, you're an employee of the league. You're an employee of, of this team. The franchise, the employee, blah, you're, you're wearing this, you're, you're putting this on, and you're doing it. In warm-ups, every one of you, I don't care if you're grandfathered in, if you're in this league for 10, 10 years, in warm-up, you're wearing a, you're wearing a face a face mask, a helmet with, with the visor on it because we don't need people losing their eye because insurance rates go up and on and on. And I don't care about insurance rates so much. I care about people losing their lives or losing their, their livelihood on the ice. Like, Every league that you play in to get the National Hockey League, you have to wear all the gear. You have to do it no matter what. Why? Why you would bucket at having a net guard? I have no idea. You get you 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 could die. We saw it with Adam Johnson. So why would you give yourself that situation where where you would? Why, why would you put you and your family in that situation where you wouldn't wear a neck guard? I don't get it. Why you wouldn't uh, wear, wear a face shield or a, a visor, I have no idea. But the Notch Hawk League has to step up. They have to be more proactive in their safety with their players. And I, I'm an old school hockey guy. I like a fight more than anybody else. But what Truba did on Saturday, that wasn't hockey. And it was a it disgusting that he got a he got a five thousand dollar fine, and that just goes to show the old boys club is still running running the hockey world, and that needs to change because somebody's going to get even more seriously hurt. I don't know how it can be more serious than, than losing your life like Adam Johnson did, but that should be a big wake up call for the hockey world and for the National Hockey League. There's my final thoughts for the day. Anyways, there's fourteen twenty in the morning for this twenty. Uh, 20- Eighth day, Jesus, another month has gone away. There it is, 28th day of uh, November 2023. Make sure you check out uh, Dave and I's show from last night. It's up there uh, on Apple and Spotify already. YouTube stuff will get up later on today. And thank you very much for everybody who's listening to the uh, 1420 podcast. We appreciate all the support we've given. Uh, use promo code 1420POD at SeatGeek and uh, get yourself some stocking stuffers and presents for the, uh, for the holiday season coming up. Take care of each other. Comb your hair. Remember, it doesn't matter where you are. It's who you're with. Have a good day, folks. We'll talk to you tomorrow. You just listened to the 1420 Sports Bar Podcast. Four beerless sports talk and a whole lot more. We are part of the Belly Up Media Network. Let's go.